0: Hi, I'm Jody Balma and this is A Slice of Orange. Um, One of the most confusing parts of the ballot is judicial elections. It's The one I get the most questions about. So I'm gonna spend some time between now and the June 2022 election talking about Judicial candidates, the ballot. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a few more uh, candidates on to to introduce you to them. But a lot of the candidates on this uh, this June's ballot are deputy district attorneys, and that is a group that is very well represented on our Orange County bench. That pipeline from DA to judge is well represented, and I and I want to broaden your perspective of this. Our judicial system is. Larger than just law and order, we've got probate court and family law, traffic and juvenile. We have collaborative courts that deal with mental illness, sex trafficking, and addiction. Civil court cases that run the gamut of of uh, of lawsuits and 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 people appearing before the bench. So I want to spend some time on the candidates who would bring legal experience beyond prosecution, um, beyond the DA's office. That. Um, That that represent different experiences that we may want to see so today i'm talking with Jessica Josh She's candidate for superior court judge in Orange County district 28, which you'll learn doesn't refer to much of anything except a space on the ballot. It's not geographically divided. Uh, These are nonpartisan elections that the entire county votes for. So if she was elected, she would be the first Korean-American to be elected to judge in Orange County. We'll talk about why that's important and how and why she decided to run. Let's get started. So welcome to A Slice of Orange. I'm here with Jessica Chah, candidate for Superior Court judge in Orange County, District number 28, because we have so
1: many. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you, Jody. Thank you so much for having me. I I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to want to you know hear about me. Absolutely,
0: campaign. I'm excited to talk to somebody running for judge. I have so many questions. Um, but first, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, what leads you to to run for judge
1: judge, both personally and professionally? Um. Well, let me let me kind of answer that question and take it a little bit out of order. So. I am running for judge uh, because I believe we need um, judges that have a diverse uh, experience, uh, background, um, have uh, common sense um, and are able to uh, interface with the public in a way uh, that is compassionate, uh, fair, uh, but yet firm. And uh, I think having uh, judicial officers that come from diverse backgrounds, both from a practice uh, practitioner level and just, you know, culturally speaking, uh, is important uh, because we want our courts to reflect our community. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm running for judge. Um, not part of the reason, but I guess the primary reason why I'm running for judge. Um, just to give you a little background of, on myself. Um, I am the firstborn uh, child of uh, immigrant parents from Korea. Uh, my younger sister is 11 years younger than me and it's just. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I grew up here in Orange County um, in South County. And uh, you know, I, I went to UC San Diego for undergrad. Um, I wanted to experience something different and challenge myself. And so I went to upstate New York to Syracuse for law school. Um, and what was your undergrad major? uh, I was poli sci, uh, yeah. Poli sci for undergrad and, uh, East Asian studies, uh, minor. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, so after law school, I went to uh, DC, um, there was a, a, a draw that I just couldn't resist. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, being, you know, where the decisions are made, um, and I was very fortunate to uh, work for a judge at, at a state trial court level in Maryland, okay. um, and then became an attorney for the U.S. Department of Commerce. And my uh, my assignment was to the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Um, nobody seems to know. You know the agency, but sure, uh, sure. Everybody knows standards, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, how do you know you're getting a gallon of gas, right? That's what, that's what they do. Um, we used to
0: call it weights and measures.
1: Correct, correct. <laughs> um, so yeah, NIST is to science and tech what NASA uh-huh. space, right, right. So that was my background initially. I was going to be a technology lawyer, um, but you know, life had other plans. And uh, I, you know when I returned to California, uh, it was you know after uh, the crash during the recession um, mm-hmm. in 2010, I opened my own practice, and you know y- y- you just you know y- you people say that you, the practice area finds you, right? Mm. Yeah, basically, what happened. So I'm mm-hmm. a certified family law specialist. And I specialize in family law. I had to actually take another bar exam, so to speak, to be to be recognized by the state bar um, as having expertise in that field. Oh. Um, and, you know, and so so coming from technology to family right. law, very very big jump, very different. But um, you know, I, I, there was a a path and a reason, you know, for why all of this happened that I, mm-hmm. I can't quite understand. Um, but I think it's all culminating now, um, mm-hmm. that having that diverse background and experience, I think really allows me to have a better understanding of the type of cases that come before the court and mm-hmm. the type of people that, um, you know, that, that that come in contact with our judicial system.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so were you approached? Did somebody ask you? How, how does... How do you make the jump to say I I, I want to run?
1: Well, you know, it's something that I've aspired to. Um, you know, for a long time, there is a traditional path that mm-hmm. a lot can take um, because running for office is scary, and so you know, you can do temporary judge uh, mm-hmm. volunteer type of work, and then kind of work your way up, to maybe becoming a commissioner of the superior mm-hmm. court, which is. Um, similar to a judge they are delegated duties of a judge um so you can do that you can also apply to the governor um and ask for an appointment to the bench and and when there's an opening somebody leaves retires
0: dies in the middle
1: right right so a governor's appointment is an appointment to the remainder of a term and once you uh, are appointed to that position you will eventually have to run for office. Um, you know, the luxury is, is that you will then be the incumbent. Mm-hmm. Uh, people will know you, they, they've, you know, uh, you, you will have developed a reputation. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of the time, um, you know, you go unchallenged and that's, that, that's you know, it's a non-competitive election. Um, the other path is to run for um, a contested or, or, or an open seat. Mm-hmm. Um, I am running in an open seat. Um, the judge who currently occupies it is retiring. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and you, you ask the voters to vote for you, uh, you know, directly into that office. Right. And so I was actually on the traditional path. Um, at, you know, I was, I was uh, uh, doing everything I needed to do to kind of work my way up mm-hmm. um, to, uh, you know, putting in an application with the governor uh, but the, the confluence of, of circumstances, um, for this particular election, like, it just couldn't be ignored. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there are so many opportunities. It is unprecedented. The number of seats that we have open, right? Um, we have, uh, I really, we have nine, uh, Open seats, meaning nine judges who have elected not to run for re-election. Right, right. Um, And to give you a comparison with L.A. County, which is so much larger than ours, I believe they have like six open seats. Yeah, it's Uh, a a huge number of open seats. Right. And so because it is such a large race during, you know, for this for this cycle, um, I think the judicial uh, uh, spots. Uh, are, are actually getting a lot more attention. Um, well, I'm, I'm hoping that they're getting a lot more attention. Down- I, I, I think voters
0: voters are going to need help. Um, it's it's a confusing part of the ballot. Um, and and you know when you're elected, you would be the first Korean American ever elected judge in Orange County. What what does that mean to you? Wow. Well, I have my own perspective of what it will mean to my students, particularly, you know, my, my female Asian students. It is amazing um, that representation of being able to see someone
1: like you. Um, but what would it mean to you? Wow. You know, it's, it's something that I'm still wrapping my head around, um, honestly, because, you know, when I set out to do this, I was not thinking that I was going to be the first of anything anything, or that I was going to be, uh, you know, paving the way, forging the field. Um, I just wanted to do my thing. And, you know, as I started to uh, learn about um, the candidates that have come before me, uh, I realized, wait a minute, I would be the first Asian-American judge directly elected to the bench. Um, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and male or female and male or female, male or female. And I would wow. be the first and only Korean female judge in all of orange County. And, and, and when I, when I realized that, um, it, that really kind of opened up a whole nother level right? Uh, of, of responsibility. Um, and, um, you know and and i'm still processing it because again right. I, I did not go into this thinking that i you know was going to do something big right uh, right but to me it's really sad and shocking that it's still a first that my candidacy for judge is so groundbreaking and we're in 2022 uh, right you know and <laughs> it
0: would be wonderful not to talk about any of this because it would be so normalized and it would be the you know so many further in that we wouldn't even be keeping count anymore that's what we all wish we had.
1: right and you know i i am extremely proud um i know that uh, the community is very proud mm-hmm. uh, the korean american community um and i am excited mm-hmm. uh, because i think people want to see diversity right i think sure I think
0: sure have... and i and i think one of the things you said before really struck me because you know for those it's one thing in the community where you're where you're meeting people where you might be speaking where you might be representing orange county superior court but it's also this this you know universe into itself in the courtroom where for that case, for those victims, for the witnesses that are there, for the jurors that are there, for the defendant that is there, you know, that is your courtroom in in the same way that my classroom is a microcosm all of itself. And so I think that it is so important, you know, as we're seeing a rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans, the idea that we don't have a single judge in Orange County is shocking to realize when when you see the large Asian American population in Orange County that has been here for generations to not have a judge on the bench in our county. And, and, you know, the the county, my listeners tire of me saying this, but, you know, we're 3.2 million people We are large. We are the size of a state like Iowa or Utah. And the idea that we, this incredibly diverse county, it would still be a first is is shocking.
1: Right. I mean, we've got two different phenomenons that are taking place right now. Right. We've got you know, we've got K-pop. Taking over the world, you know BTS Army, Squid yes. yes. Games, um, you know, uh, Parasite, uh, Korean barbecues on every corner, you know, right. and so there's this cultural explosion that uh, I think are, are kind of coming uh, to to the masses, so to speak. Um, everybody now knows what kimchi is. You know, right. knew that before. Sure but then you've got this other phenomenon taking place where we're still seen as foreigners right not just right. But Asians in general right um, and you know with with everything that's happened during the pandemic um the you know the xenophobia uh and the irrational uh blaming of of asian people um for right. the pandemic um and the attacks that have taken place physically—I mean, people are being assaulted, people are being killed. Right? Um, you know, doing nothing except you know being alive, walking right. down the street, existing, right? Existing, and you know, I think it's easy to be caught up and say, you know, depending on what world you really live in, right? Oh, everything is fine, right? right. You know, there, there, you know, nothing is going on. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, the Korean culture or the Asian culture is, is you know, really popular. Everybody understands it. Um, but there is this, it's not even an undercurrent anymore, right? Right, of, right. Of, of hate, Asian, of Asian hate. And so in order to be able to speak up, right, you need, you, as a community, you need to have people who are in positions of leadership mm-hmm. right? Um, and right now, you know, that falls to our electeds. Right. right. And we, and we are making a concerted effort to get more Asian Americans uh, elected to office. Um, but I think judges is something that's overlooked. I, I think so. I and, think so. And, and, and these cases are actually coming to the courts there's, you know, you when you are the victim of a crime, you are seeking justice in the courts. So it is important that, you know, the judge who is handling the case, who is overseeing the case, um, you know, has some background. I I'm not mm-hmm. saying that it's that other judges cannot, you know. No, that. absolutely not. But in terms of uh, you know, reflect you know, reflecting the community, right? Yeah. I yeah. think incredibly important. And I'll tell you, you know, as a Korean American female certified family law specialist who speaks Korean, the, I, I I am, a, you know, I don't want to call myself a unicorn, but I, I I might be very close to one. Sure. Very, very, very few of us. Right. So, you know, family law is not a um, it's not a, a traditional path. Right. For for a lot of um sure a lot of attorneys it's it's too emotional it's right it's too right right um and i would have clients who you know are not korean just asian background who just feel more comfortable um yeah. having somebody who looks like them right represent them and right. it was something consistent that came up you know why did you call me like how did you find me and um and, and and I think that continues. Um, you know, when you go yeah. in the courtroom, you're you want the opportunity to explain your situation to the judge. Right. right, right.
0: Yeah, and and I think I think that is true for so many of our community. You know, I certainly see it with our student veterans looking to other veterans for legal help. Um, I think that it's a, a natural idea of somebody who really understands. Um, what, what people in the community have, have done. So, so let's talk about a campaign. So Superior Court judges, we we sort of uh, talked about this, are competitive seats for six-year terms. Um, Our appeals court uh, also on the ballot, uh, our our California Supreme Court also on the ballot for non-competitive, appointed by the governor and then on the ballot every 12 years, part of our, you know, progressive uh, era, tools of the ballot. But but judges for our superior court for the county are six years and, and can be competitive when you're running against someone. We, we've got some judges who are incumbents who won't be um, uh, uh, on, you know, nobody has run against them, so they will be reelected. Um, but you are in a competitive seat with a, an opponent. So what does a campaign for judge look like? Because um, be, besides being nonpartisan, a judge doesn't make policy. You're not, you're not looking for, you know, this, we're, we're we're asking you to be objective. So how do you campaign? How do you let the voters know who they should be supporting?
1: Well, um, you know, when you, when you dial in that answer, (laughs) I suggest you go into judicial consulting Um, (laughs) because there's no, there's, there's no, uh, you know, one size fits all. Right. Yeah. I, I describe this uh, campaign or, or, you know, running for judge is trying to advertise the largest election that nobody knows about. Right. And that nobody knows anything about. Right. I mean, it's akin to, you know, uh governor. Right. Every person in the county will get a ballot with my name on it. Right. Um, and there are, you know, about one point eight million voters. And so it, judges kind of occupy a very weird space, where we have to run for a seat that yeah. is numbered. Right, I'm running for 28. Yeah. That, that that seat that that seat doesn't represent anything except an identifier. It's not a right. district. It's not um, a seat within a particular type of uh, 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 division within the court. Uh, and uh, it is down ballot. Right. right. So it way 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 down there. Right. Um, but you know, the lowest information you can get. People yeah, right. don't
0: interact with their judges. They don't right. meet judicial candidates, and 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 they don't have that identifier. Uh, so yeah, it's really yeah. difficult for voters.
1: It's really it's really difficult. So I think historically, what has happened is that um, you know people just look at the name and the designation, right? And uh, you know the designation that. Mo- most people, um, you know, uh, I guess select are those with a deputy district attorney title. Um, and there has, you know, I think conventional wisdom or uh, in the past people would say like, you know, don't, don't run against a deputy district attorney. You're, you're going to lose. Right. And, um, I, I don't, I don't believe in that. I I, I don't think that there should be an automatic elevation uh, to the bench. Uh, I think the work that um, our DAs and our prosecutors do is extremely difficult. It is incredibly important because they are, uh, I guess, kind of the gatekeepers, right, of of keeping our community safe. Law enforcement brings them the case and presents it. And then the DAs, determine whether or not they can prosecute it. Right. So the work that they do is incredibly important. Um, but it's also very limited. Right. They, 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 um, uh, you know, they they work in the criminal courts. Um, their job is to prosecute. And the measure of success is based on their conviction rate. Right. And so uh that that means that it's a very binary type of process, right? You are either guilty or you're not guilty. And when people are in the voting booth and they're looking at this ballot, they're like, oh, do I want to vote for a deputy district attorney or do I want to vote for an attorney or, you know, family law attorney, sure. board attorney? Um, and there's a disassociation, I think, that takes place, uh, you know, when they vote because, you know, court is where criminals go. I mean, we've got Law and Order. You know, one of the right right. right right in all um, its iterations. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so it's okay. Well, if, if 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 courts are where the criminals go, then I want someone who is going to be you know strong, um right. and firm uh, in, in 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 you know handing sentences down to you know punish our criminals. And that and that is true to some extent until you yourself wind up in court, right? <laughs> because we will all eventually wind up in court in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a traffic ticket, mm-hmm. and you're 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 hoping that the issuing officer is busy that day and doesn't show up, right? Or you have some extenuating circumstances that you want to plead your case to the judge, um, or you know maybe you're going through a divorce. Right. Yeah. And you um aren't able to agree to, you know, a, a custodial schedule, you know, with the right. other parent for your kids. Um, or even something as, you know, as simple as, you know, the, the fence in your backyard fell down and your, right. your neighbor should be paying for half, but they don't want to, right? right. I mean, right. when you have every like real life disputes that cannot be resolved, they right. end up in court. Yeah,
0: I think civil court is is out of people's minds when they're voting for judge.
1: Correct, correct. Well, we don't. We our courts are more than just that. We right. Um, we right. have well, we have criminal division, right? We have the civil division. Then we have family. We have probate. We have juvenile. We have small claims. Mm-hmm. We have traffic. Right. Um. <laughs> you know, and even within those courts. There are sub-designations of like unlawful detainer cases, right? Sure. There is so much uh, that the courts do um, and the types of cases that the judges hear. But I think it's really important um, to have judges that have a different uh, professional experience. Like as, As a family law attorney, I work with clients every single day. I interface with clients every day um, you know, they call me when they're panicked, you know, and I pick up the phone and I, you know, I walk them through what what, the issue that they're dealing with in that moment, but then I'm also educating them right on on the legal process. What can we do for you? What can the justice Mm -hmm. for you and what can it not? And, you know, setting those expectations and, and understanding, um, Uh, you know, that there are certain aspects of a family relationship that are simply not relevant for the court. Right. Right. And I'll give you an example, you know, infidelity, right. It is, is uh, sometimes, oftentimes, you know, the reason why marriages break up. Sure. And that is, you know, the, the emotional betrayal, right. Um, You know, that you experience In that type of a situation, it it's significant. It it can be even all consuming, right? But in the courts, we are a no fault state, right? None of that matters, right? Right. And and it's difficult for me to, you know, communicate that to a client who is devastated, devastated. Um, but I have to. I have to be um, tactful. I have to be empathetic. and I have to be firm about, you know, the the information and the facts that need to be presented to a court right. to accomplish their goals, right? Right, and we absolutely. Can, we, we can accomplish your goals. We can present your case without putting this other stuff in there. Right. The court really doesn't take into consideration. And I think when clients finally understand that, they're like, okay, right, you know, I I, I accept how this process is going to work right and um you know and and uh they have a better understanding of how a judge makes a decision right right, right. So, you know so regardless of whether you know they like the judge's decision or not when they understand the factors Correct. You know, taken into consideration it's uh you know oftentimes that uh, okay I, I really disagree right but you know i i get it you know mm-hmm. the fact that you know um you know this person cheated doesn't necessarily make them a bad parent right so you know um right, right. And, and, um, and and that's part of what i do on a daily basis sure. So I, you know, sure, for clients but for you know clients that are going through um you know maybe a conservatorship of right uh, you know, a family member who is not capable of, you know, making decisions. Yeah, it's
0: it's just really. I, I mean, and and on one level, what, what you're talking about of representation, our deputy DAs are are overrepresented on the bench, um, and the skill set that you're bringing, I think, is so valuable to the courtroom itself. Not just in the decisions and and the way that you would make those decisions, but also just the 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 interfacing with the community that are that are coming to court asking for judgment. I think that the, the experience that you have working with clients is exactly the kind of um, experiences that we need in our courtrooms.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think people perceive uh, judges as, you know, being, uh, you know, in positions of power. Um, and, and, and to some extent, that is true, right? Because they are the decision makers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you their decision is final unless, you know, you, you want to challenge that and appeal that. Sure. Um, But I view the job of a judge as really, honestly, more service-based, right? You are providing a customer service to the public. You are, um, you know, making sure that the facts are presented, right? And that they are heard in a neutral. direction, that the law is applied you know, equitably and mm-hmm. fairly. Um, and you know, that a decision is rendered with thoughtful consideration. Right, right. And it it is not a I am judge, so you do this, right? It is right. I am judge, I have listened, and this is my decision. Mm-hmm. And if it seems arbitrary, right, then that's where I think the perception of oh, you know, judges just make whatever decision they want. Right. Um, and so I, I think it takes, uh, you know, understanding the human experience, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I may never have this type of a conversation with a litigant that comes into my courtroom, right? Right. But there are things that are communicated, whether it's through body language, whether it's through simply just making eye contact, letting them right. know you are, you are listening and understanding mm-hmm. what they are trying to say. Um, I, I think it's 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 really important. absolutely absolutely. So how do you decide which district
0: to run it? This is always kind of fascinating to me. Of you, you it, the districts mean nothing as far as geographic or region or even what type of of. Of law, you know, you would be hearing, and so we have all of these open districts this time. How did you decide 28 was the one you wanted? Is is there a back room where the candidates kind of sit and say, "I'll run for this one, and you run for that one"? Um, that happens. Uh, I, I would imagine it has to. That that happens. You don't want to have 20 people running for one district and and nobody running for another.
1: So, um, I'm going to make a note of this. Uh, <laughs> so, um, th- so how it works, um, uh, is, you know, judges retire, right? That information is sometimes made public. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's kind of kept under wraps. Um, it, and I think it really depends on, you know, the individual judges preference, mm-hmm. um, Some, you know, Keep it very, very close, you know, to the vest because they don't want to be a lame duck, right? Like, oh, let's just kick this case out and continue with sure. sure. judges, right? Sure. Um. Um. And you need to have that inside information, and it is inside information, right? If the only time it really becomes public is either if a judge. Is very vocal about it, right? Their retirement, like I don't right. have time to hear this case because I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna retire. Or they <laughs> yeah. have a big clock on the wall behind <clears throat> them, I right. suppose. Right. Or, you know, you watch um, you know, what happens at the registrar's office. And if uh, an incumbent, you know, judge doesn't file by a certain date, then it opens up to the public to right. the file. So you're 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 watching is you know, which seat right did in file right so there are backroom uh deals i think that are made um that does not happen within the private sector this conversation does not happen with candidates like myself right um this can't you know this these types of conversations um from what i understand frankly take place in the da's office right they, I don't know how these conversations come up. I don't know how people decide who's going to run for what seat. Right. Um, that shuffling. And, and I, and I, and I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not privy to that. Um, but, you know, it, it, you, you don't see a DA running against another DA. Right. That seems
0: a little suspicious to just be coincidence. There yeah. have to be conversations happening about Correct. which number.
1: Correct. Correct. So, uh, for me to decide, uh, which seat I was going to run for, you know, honestly, I, I I had to make a political decision. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is, um, who am I, who, who do I, uh, believe should be challenged. Right. Um, because as you said, there are some candidates who run in uncontested seats, right? Right now, there is nobody that is going to, that is uncontested. Every seat right now is contested. But when I'm looking to decide which seat to run against, I have to look which right. candidates have announced.
0: Uncontested for the open seats, not right. for the
1: incumbents. Right, right, right. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, and, um and it really is it, it's it, it is that like who is running and why would like why do I want to run against them? And so you know I, I had to think really long and hard. Um, and um, I, I I selected seat number 28. yeah, um, right yeah right. So I, I, and I will say there is probably a lawsuit somewhere regarding this whole process because if there are eight or nine open seats right and uh, then you know it, it should probably be like the eight or nine top vote getters who, who I
0: would love to have that change I would love to have it be a slate of of, of the, the vote getters I think that that would be a different way to to elect I would you know there's a lot of changes I would like to make to Judas election elections. I would like a little uh pre quiz of you know, <laughs> do, do you know what the requirements are now? You can vote. Um, right. I, I encourage my students always if you don't understand an office, if you don't know anything about them, leave it blank. Right. Um, I think it's important to value our vote and, and cast those votes as informed voters. Um, you know, so
1: so so there so there is that i don't want to be the poster face of that lawsuit um so we're gonna sure. we're gonna leave that alone um sure. the only thing that i didn't mention is that you know so we talked briefly about ballot designations right yeah. and, and this deputy district attorney um or you know government position whether it's a commissioner superior court right. commissioner, um the law changed um and attorneys are are required to call themselves attorney, attorney at law, lawyer, or counselor at law. Okay. Um, and these are descriptors of occupation. Okay. And uh, I, there are other descriptors that, that you can use to, uh, I believe, that you can use to kind of describe what it is that you do. Right. But um, the the code provision specifically states that you can use your title if you are employed, um, you know, by the county in a particular capacity. So if, so everybody is going to be using deputy district attorney, right. court commissioner, and as a family law attorney, that's what I'm limited to. There's right. no other descriptor that can be used and i and i think that that actually creates a really really unfair advantage um, right you know because you've got a candidate with a very official sounding title right right and it's, wait it, it, you have to explain like why can you only call yourself an attorney right like why correct. can't you call correct tell something else um and uh and the the, the the average voter doesn't know um correct you know that that, that limitation that has been placed on us right and Steve Rocco called
0: himself, you know, an educator and got elected to the Orange School Board and and he wasn't employed in that way and it's only those challenges yeah. um, that that get heard and everybody else gets to write whatever they like so that limitation seems um limiting it is <laughs> absolutely yeah and so it makes it um an even harder campaign to to try to get the word out. And and again, it's, you know, almost 2 million people that you're trying to reach. Um, It's incredibly expensive to do that. And we want our judges to be unbiased. We don't want you to be beholden to the the police union or the attorneys that are donating that we often see um, because they may appear in your court.
1: Correct. So, I mean, there is a safeguard, you know, measure for Mm -hmm. the so that if, you know, an attorney or a litigant that donates above a certain threshold appears before you, like you automatically have to recuse yourself. Right. Right. So there is there is that safeguard. Um, but, you know, you're, you're right. It, it is incredibly expensive. You know, like I said, you have to make the same type of contact that a governor's race would make. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you don't have that type of funds. Right. And so, you know, you can fundraise and fundraise and fundraise. But you have to be so so from a, I guess, a a technical kind of campaign mechanics standpoint, you have to be very careful about how you, you know, spend your 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 campaign contributions. Right. The one thing that I am trying to do is I'm trying to to make as much voter contact as possible outside the legal community right i think it's very it's very easy for judicial candidates to kind of stay within their uh, legal bubble right 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 networking with other judges with other lawyers and 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 that's great that's absolutely needed but the voting community is much larger than that absolutely so I, I am trying to get out to you know different community organizations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Basically, anybody who will invite me that wants to hear what I have to say, like, I will go and talk. Right, um, right. I, I believe my message needs to be heard. And whenever I interface with a voter, they're like, I've never met a judge candidate. Correct, and correct. I, 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 I've never voted for a judge. I don't know what's going on. Um, and, yeah. You it's
0: know, it's what, the number one question I get of how do I make a decision for a judge?
1: Well, you know what prior to this, you and me both, right? right. <laughs> and and you know the Orange County Bar
0: Association, uh, you know, puts out ratings and often they're ignored and so we have, you know, somebody who uh, gets not not qualified and still gets elected just because it's such a low information race. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. Well, so everybody who wants to meet a judicial candidate know that Jeff, Jessica Cha is available. I am. A difficult... <laughs> so I asked uh, the same questions to everybody at the end of my show. So what's the best advice you've ever got?
1: I think the best advice that I've ever gotten was honestly from, from my dad, which was don't look at anybody else around you. Just focus on you. I uh, love that. And it, you know, it, it's, it's something that he would say to me, um, you know, uh, when I was a child, and I didn't understand that, and he was just like, "You are number one, like, mm-hmm. you know, and and it, it, it's not your mom, it's not your dad, it's not you know your grandpa or anybody else. It's like you, you are the most important to you, and to take care of you. And so I, you know, I'm fiercely independent. <laughs> I'm like, sure, sure. This is what you wanted, right, right, right. Be careful um, what you what you tell your kids. <laughs> right, right but that's i think that's something that um i didn't understand until i was until i was much older right and in a weird way once i finally understood that it, my path kind of made sense and because mm-hmm. i i think already living that and act you know and kind of espousing that without realizing it and sure. so um i i i am very um uh, what is i'm very thick-skinned uh um, good you know uh, people's opinion matter um you know but uh but not really right i mean like i mean if i if i do something offensive um or if i wrong somebody or if i you know insult them or you know am I, i'm disrespectful obviously i want i want to know sure be made aware but if somebody doesn't like the way i look or um You know, the way that I talk, um, my personality, like none of that really phases me. Um, yeah.
0: I I try very hard. I don't always succeed, but uh to 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 follow the advice of um other people's opinion of me is not my business. Correct, correct. Yeah. And it, it can be tough to do, but I think I think that fits in. So what's a book you
1: like to recommend to people? You know, honestly, I think is any book. That you will read. I have my personal uh preferences. Like, I mean, sometimes I like historical novels, sometimes I like, you know, action, um, uh, like you know, Jack Ryan type of, of books. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's mindless, like you know, shopaholics, you know, like. sure. sure. Um, but I think really I don't think enough people read. If there is any book that will catch your eye. I, I don't care how thin or how thick it mm-hmm. is, just to get started. Um, yeah. I think yeah. it's really important because reading for me was how I, um, I think, learned about the world um, when I was younger. Right? Sure. Reading about different perspectives, different experiences, you know, even from like the babysitter's club, right? Sure. I was, sure. I was exposed to a lot of different types. Yeah. Even I it. loved comic books.
0: I devoured them, mm-hmm. and yeah. and I think that that judgment of what the the content is is really damaging. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I think so, reading whatever it is you want to read is important.
1: Yeah, you know, and and don't and don't wait. You know, don't um, you know if there's a book or you know um, something that you want to read. I, listen, I've got books next to my bedside that are gathering dust. Sure. I want to read them. And so, uh, you know, there's no pressure, uh, yeah. you know, at, I will pick it up when I, when I'm ready to, or when I have the moment, you know, to do so, or if I can't sleep, I'll turn to a yeah. book. Yeah. There's so there's, there's so much that can be communicated in terms of, you know, what book I would recommend to people, right? Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> <but not bad. laughs> yeah. So is there a hopeful message you can share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, look, I I think we all have our own internal leader inside of us. um, And we may not realize that or recognize that ourselves. Um, Sometimes it takes, uh, you know, kind of stepping out of your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. um, just being open and honest with people about who you are. And sometimes it's them, it's those people. Who recognize mm-hmm. you, you know, your 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 leadership. Right. There is nobody out there who is not qualified to run for office. There is nobody who can't, you know, um aspire to uh you know be a part of the board of some organization. Um I think really sometimes we are our own worst enemies. Right. Um, you know, in right. ourselves, and 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 we
0: find that with women, particularly, right. and and as people of color, that they often have to be asked to run, that
1: right. they
0: will not be the ones to step up, and right. so we, I mean, we so have it, to do that.
1: It seems so trite to be, you know, to say, you know, be the change that you want to see, right? Um, but I think if you put it in a in a slightly different way, it's it's it, you are already the change. Mm-hmm. if you are thinking it right then you're already there yeah it's just a matter of having the courage to voice it right and simply by by voicing it exhibiting leadership because it right. t- it takes courage to sometimes say the difficult things sure and sure. Um, and and so yeah you know, I I I I hope that uh, all of your listeners understand yeah. that about themselves. I love that.
0: So finally, who should we talk to next? Who's in the community that I might not know?
1: Gosh, there's a there's a lot of great people um, that I think um, you know would be um, good to talk to. Have you spoken to um, Neil Kelly? The um, alcohol registrar our voters. He, I have um he yeah. is I'm
0: still a little bit salty that he's leaving us. I wanted him <laughs> to be permanent, but uh yeah, I, I may have missed my chance to interview him for, for his uh retirement lap because I saw that he has left. He's amazing, and i uh, I used to worry about praising him too. Much because I was worried someone would snap him up and steal him away from us. I didn't know retirement was what was going to take him, but he's, he's Um, been amazing. And, and the culture of the entire registrar of voters, everyone I've worked with there um, is just amazing.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, my experience, uh, you know, through this process was, uh, was beyond what I, what I could have expected.
0: um, Yes. Yeah. And, and that, that just has been the culture that he has established. And, and I think, uh, you know, that, that the people who work there will will continue that. Um, and I, I think would, it's I so would,
1: important. Yeah, I would suggest maybe potentially even Rob, uh, Bob Page, the incoming mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think from within the community, gosh, there's so many um, you know, people who do uh, amazing work. Um, have you spoken to Ellen on? I haven't. Do you know who she is? I don't. Tell me who Ellen On is. So um, Ellen On is the um, executive director, you know, founder of um, uh, Korean Community Services. Oh yeah. well, I talked to Tammy Kim, so I'll have to. Yeah. yeah. So um, and they are uh, based out of Buena Park. Yeah. Amazing work and they are a uh, community health clinic, you know, engaged in, in, you know, with the, you know, with the Korean elder community, uh, county Um And I know during, during COVID, um, Ellen on, uh, you know, helped spearhead this coalition of community-based organizations and they called it love. And um, they, that, coalition was was designed to make sure that um the elderly in our uh minority communities uh, from from every background mm-hmm. uh, are actually getting enough food um and we're holding you know hosting you know food tribes because honestly you know a box of macaroni and cheese to an old korean you know right grandmother right. nothing. <laughs> right. Right. So it was, it was uh, culturally uh it was you know culturally sensitive um yeah. you know inappropriate food drives so yeah. you're you're getting bags of rice and you know things of that nature and um as uh, uh, as part of the Orange County Asian American Bar Association which which I'm on the board of um you know that was our um, that was the nonprofit that we really wanted to highlight and support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, such important work. Yeah. Yeah. Good.
0: Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to get to know you and, and to talk a little bit about this race. And I'm looking forward to seeing you everywhere thank uh, you. so that the community can get to know you more. So thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it.